Welcome to Let's Talk, hosted by David B. Plemons, CPA, Inc. Here, we will focus on the struggle, the juggle, and everyday hustle of small business. We will be here weekly talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles. We welcome your questions and comments, so feel free to email us at admin at We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. Well, welcome. My name is Thalia Williams. I am the marketing concierge for David B. Plemons CPA. Today on our show, we have a phenomenal guest. Her company is called Majestic Events by Maria, and we have the owner, Maria M. Williams. Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Excellent. We're so glad to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and the name of your business, which we know is Majestic Events by Maria. Okay. And how long have you been in business? Ten years. Ten years. January 10th, 2020 made my 10-year anniversary. Congratulations. Majestic Events by Maria, yes. So Very proud. Us, oh, tell us a little bit about it. What does it do? So Majestic Events by Maria is a full-service event planning company, event management company. Mm-hmm. So we can facilitate any needs that you may have to do an event, um, whether it be weddings, galas, galas. corporate, family reunions, uh, lunch and learns. Oh, wow. So, yeah. so you kind of run the gamut of doing special events. Yes. Okay. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your background. How did you manage to get into that particular industry? So I was in corporate America uh, and uh, I did that because I had a child that I had to feed. Right. But I, I've never been a person who wants to sit in front of a computer. So any chance I got to get away from that computer, I did. And so the company I worked for, we'd have internal things and they'd call on someone to volunteer. <gasps> that would be me. <laughs> I, I'll do it. And um, I actually found that I enjoyed it. And then we'd have company contests and I'd decorate my cubicle, and it would be fabulous. Naturally. <laughs> um, and even outside of that, I just loved throwing parties. And my friends knew it. Um, I had a great September to Remember party that ran for six years. And um, then I had some health issues. And once uh, I went back, I was actually laid off mm-hmm. um, and thought, oh, now what? So the first thing you think of is your child. How am I going to provide them, you know? So I'm looking through a college catalog, and I read about event planning. Interesting. Yeah. I come across, I didn't even know what it was, really. And I said, they owe me a second check. <laughs> <laughs> because I found what I was doing for the corporate company was actually another industry. Ah. And even though it's something that I always loved to do, mm-hmm. I found that uh, sometimes your um, hobbies don't translate into a business, mm. you know. Um, but I said, let me go to school. Let me see all the background of event planning and if it truly is something that I would want to do. Mm. Okay. And obviously, Voila. it is something that I want to do. And 10 years later, here I am yeah, with Majestic Events. So. Wow, that's an interesting journey because a lot of entrepreneurs start out in corporate America or working for someone else. Right. And then they have a sideline and then they realize, well, maybe the sideline, if I'm putting forth the effort and the research, could actually get me out of working for someone else. Absolutely. 
And um, anyone who, who knows my personality <laughs> knows that working for someone else is very difficult because it contains you. Mm-hmm. You have to follow rules and regulations, and that's not me. I am out there. I'm different. And I don't even like to use the term outside the box. Mm-hmm. I want to design the box into something else, and I want to be outside of that shape. Right. Right, because I want to stand out. So uh, Exactly. Well, that, that that is truly your personality because we've known you as fabulous all of our <laughs> lives. Those who've known you any length of time recognize that you are outside the box and you must recreate the box that you are outside <laughs> of. Okay? Yes. So your background has not necessarily been party planning as a profession, but more or less as a hobby. Right. And you love entertaining. Yes. So now you've parlayed that into a 10-year business. So talk about some of the struggle and the juggle and the hustle you've had to do with your business. Well, I had to learn what it was to make it a business, Mm -hmm. right? Um, When you have something that you enjoy to do, you enjoy doing, but then now you're doing it for the masses. We're back to the rules, regulations (laughs) of the industry and things that you have to do. Um, Struggle, the first Biggest struggle for me was funding. You're thinking, I can just go out here and make this happen. And then I can also just go to the bank and tell them my dream, and they're going to give me money. Mm. Yeah, that was a, a you know, kick in the gut. Almost a rude awakening, wasn't <laughs> a it? A very rude awakening because I thought, I'm explaining to you what I want to do, and it's obvious that this plan is going to work. And you need to give me the money I need to do it. So what's the problem? Right. Exactly. It's like, (laughs) I believe in my dream. What about you? Yeah. Why don't you? So um, that was the biggest struggle. Um, There's a lot of companies here in San Antonio that do event planning and they've been around for years. And some some of it is the market is cornered. You got to break in there, which means doing a lot of free events. Mm-hmm. coming out of pocket, but it was okay because it was still building my dream. Mm-hmm. That was probably some of the most difficult, um, just being able to get the opportunities to allow allow my company to prove itself. Gotcha. So, For your financial struggle, were there some options available to you? Very small, very limited. For me, anyway, let's just be honest, uh, as a black woman, Starting out into biz- in business, um, not having a background in this industry that I know I could do, right? It limited a lot, and I was gone, I was sent to a lot of alternative um, financial institutions. Okay, um, Lift Fund mm-hmm. being one, and being the one that actually did believe in my dream mm. when I came. Now that didn't mean that they said yes. Okay. <laughs> They they gave me a lot of no's before my yeses, okay. but they never allowed me to leave there without knowing we're going to get you to the yes. We're going to get you to where you need to be, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to show you how to be financially responsible when we are able to give you something uh, to help take your business to the next level. And that's exactly what happened. Now, how long did that take? How long did that particular journey take? That took like two years. Yeah, that's a long time. I know. But there was a lot of stuff I needed to learn. I mean, it was just a reality. Um, And they taught me. Mm -hmm. 
they taught me and I did all the things that they asked me to do. Um, all the classes they asked me to take and attend. Uh, in the meantime, they also hired me to do some of their events. Nice. Um, and it came to a point where I was just happy and I was working and they said, you're ready and we're ready. Wow. And so that was my first micro loan. And I took that and bought myself limit, um, linens, mm -hmm. uh, just sample linens, just so I had something to show clients that I wasn't always having to take them to a, a rental place to uh, show samples of linens and bought uh, table settings and tables and things like that, and then paid that loan off and wanted a studio. Mm. Wanted a studio, went back and talked to Lift Fund, and they said, sign on the dotted line, and I went and found myself a studio. Mm. Wow. So that particular hustle or that particular struggle was mitigated by going to an alternative lender Versus your mainstream lenders. Right, right. Ah. Your mainstream lenders, if they do lend, they're just going to lend it and say we want it back. Right. So you what know, made LiftFund different? They taught me how to handle, how to be responsible with the money that they were going to lend me. Okay. They taught me how to um, put the numbers down on paper. Mm. Um, so it, they helped me be a better business owner. Okay. It wasn't just about here's the money. Go out there, do what you want. No, it was, this is what you need to know when you get this money. This is how you need to handle it. You know, so. That's good. That's yeah. real good. So you got an education outside of going to college to realize that this is a viable business. Absolutely. And learning it from that end of it. Mm -hmm. How was going back to school for you? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know what? It was actually fun. Oh? I was 40-something. <laughs> 40 something and uh i was scared because i was never someone who really enjoyed school mm -hmm. um again it's putting me back into where i had to sit still i have to listen I, I ended up loving it there were people in there who were surrounding me were much younger so i lived with their youthfulness mm -hmm. and it helped me as well and it helped me get through school okay all right yeah. Wow. It was, it was great, though. I, You know, it was that experience that I think everyone should have. Even if you just go to school or go back to college to take a class. I trust you. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Trust me. I, I've reached my pinnacle of where I want to be Early. academically. Now, for me, it's basically, okay, let me live my life. Yes. Let me just live my life. Use what I've gained mm -hmm. and live my life with it. So tell me, what other challenges have you had in running your business? So to be truthful, there there are some racial challenges mm -hmm. that that I endured here in, in San Antonio. Um, diversity is something you really have to fight for and work hard at. And that's, I found that to be a lot of a problem. I, I actually had a bride who spoke to me on the phone, was so happy. She goes, you get me. You understand what I want. And when she showed up to my office, she saw that I was a black woman. She turned around and walked out. Oh, ouch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I cried. I can imagine. It, it was hurtful. And, and I deal with that even today, mm -hmm. you know, um, not as blunt, maybe. Uh, uh, but um, you have people who just don't want to give you an opportunity because of what you look like. Mm -hmm. 
that that's been a big problem. Um, I've even gone to other companies wanting to sub, you know, be a subcontractor, and I've dealt with that. And I always thought to myself, if I could start, if I wanted to start trouble, there are some stories that I could tell about some really big event plan companies here in San Antonio um, that let me know pretty much in so many words why they weren't going to hire me. So that's probably, I, I want to say that's one of the biggest challenges, but I never let it stop me, obviously. Obviously, because you're relentless. Yeah. <laughs> you can call it that. You can Most call it that. that. <laughs> so, yeah. So but I never even it... in 2020, that that is still <laughs> mind-boggling to believe. Uh, I'm from the North. I'm from Michigan originally. Mm-hmm. And my mindset and how we do business up North is you have a problem to solve. Just solve my problem. I don't care. Just solve my problem. I don't need to get to know you. Here's the money. Solve my problem. Get rid of my pain points. Mm-hmm. I've found being here in San Antonio, it's the exact opposite. I need to know you first. Yes. Before I'll let you solve my problem. I'll deal with my pain mm-hmm. for so long until I get to know you or someone knows you. Right. Then I will allow you to solve my problem. And that is a challenge if you're accustomed to being that problem solver and mm-hmm. you know you have the solution. Right. That's the difficulty. It it is. It is, you know, not what you know, but who you know Mm -hmm. Um, is usually the lead on how it goes. So it it can make things difficult. True. So what do you see as critical support for you? What is considered in your mind critical support? There are two little faces that I carry with me in my mind's eye every time I take a breath. And one is Hazel Ray Williams. And the other is uh, Yasmin Henorosa. And who are they? Those are my granddaughters. Those are my legacies. Ah. Those are who I'm building for. Yasmin doesn't right, quite yet understand what grandma does. Uh, Hazel does. And I, I remember the first time I was taking her to the office and I was like, and you need to know that everything grandma is doing is for you to come behind me and make it bigger and greater. If I'm a millionaire, you need to be a billionaire. So I'm building for you. She's like, oh, Grandma, I don't even know if I'm going to college. Of course, that broke my heart. Then we got to the studio, and she saw what Grandma did. And she went, this is mine? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) yes, this is yours. And, And I'm going to teach you how to sustain it. Take it in whatever direction you want to take it, be it ethical. And do what you want with it. Excellent. Those, those are my critical pieces right there. Undoubtedly, <laughs> because they motivate you when they those do. when those challenges come, like that client who walked in your office and then turned around after they saw you. Mm-hmm. You were like, okay, Hazel Ray and Yasmeen, I'm keeping you in the forefront. We're going to move Absolutely. on. Absolutely. So tell us about a failure that you learned from. Oh, depending on someone else. Um, I had a vendor. I had a very big event coming up. It was for the city, and it was a Plaza de Adamas, and it was an opening exhibit. I went to a particular vendor that I had used before, and I was saying, this is what I need. This is what we have to do, da-da-da-da. And I allowed them, or at least I thought they were going to own it, right? So when you own something, you take care of it, and you make it happen, and that didn't happen. 
that didn't happen. They sent me inexperienced staff when I had actually requested particular staff that I worked with so I knew I could count on. Um, tea, now, imagine being in a museum, right? Tea spilled, last minute, um, clean up that they didn't even understand how to clean it up. It, that was my biggest fail. Mm. And it took a lot for me to get over it. Even though it really wasn't my fail, I'm the owner. Mm. It falls on me. Right. My client is not going to look at the vendor that I use. They're going to look at me. And then if they do look at the vendor, they're still going to say, well, what was that was your choice. Correct. That was a vendor you chose. So, again, we have to question your choices. True. So, Very true. So that was, that was a biggie for me. Undoubtedly. Well, you've obviously moved forward because that happened earlier in the process. You know what? That was about six years, five years ago. Okay. So to me, that's not early. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, it wasn't last week. It wasn't so last good. week. No, okay. no. no okay. I ha- and I haven't. Thank you, Father. I have not had any other issues like that. And and I did pretty much stop using that vendor. Okay. You know, and, and I spoke to them. I, mm-hmm. I I mean, I didn't just stop. I said, "This is what this caused me, and this is what you've you've put a mark on my business, mm-hmm. and that's all I have: my name, my company." Mm-hmm. And when you put a mark on it, you put a mark on me. We ended, we severed those ties. But as a entrepreneur, that's part of your learning curve as well, isn't Definitely. it? Definitely. Because they presented themselves one way. You had a relationship or a knowledge of the particular owner mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And you laid out your specific request, but they didn't honor it. So that was almost a breach of contract. Right. Because right. of the fact that they didn't send you the experienced staff that you really wanted for that particular event because right. it was impactful for you as well as for them. Absolutely. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so tell us about a success you um, learned from. Greatest success. So the city, again. She lights up, guys. <laughs> so again, the city uh, came to me um, to do an event. It's the Poet Laureate uh, for the city of San Antonio. The first one I did was in 2015. And it was an accident that I picked up the phone. It really was. And I was actually meeting these people later with a client, uh, a gentleman by the, uh, a chef by the name of uh, Chuck Hernandez. Uh, He's no longer with us, but I was meeting the city on his behalf because we were talking about um, doing um, the farmer's market at uh, at the Spanish governor's palace. Well, I picked up the phone running out and I go, Oh, do I take this call? I take the call. Just to convince by Maria, we want to know if you want to bid on the event for the Poet Laureate. And this is a person you need to meet. And I went, that's the person I'm going to meet. And I did my first Poet Laureate. And I will tell you, it went from cookies and coffee to a very elegant event um, that the city is very proud of. And I showed them the way our poet laureate should be taken care of and celebrated. This is a person that's going to tell our story, right? So we need to celebrate them. That is my greatest, greatest. And I won that um, bid, uh, the, the next bid also. So I, I did it for two years. Wow. So hopefully they're keeping it up. I haven't been to a poet laureate uh, reception uh, since, but hopefully they're, they're keeping it up. 
to the level that I took it to. And I really have just learned on how to appreciate myself and my successes. Mm -hmm. So I say that with a lot of pride. Yes, it sounds wonderful. And I'm hoping for you they keep it up as well because maybe you can be that consultant at the next level or either create a program where you become the manager, owner, director of it or something to that extent because of the work that you've done already previously with it. So tell me, what does success look like to you? I feel successful because my clients love what I do. At the end of every event, when a client is, Maria, thank you, this is it, this is exactly what I saw, whether it be social or corporate, that's my success. What do I see? Where do I see it going in the future? Um, Continued client satisfaction. Uh, We are looking and thinking about an event space for Majestic Events. So that would be something that, uh, that would be a goal that we're trying to attain. Mm, I like that. I can see that because I can see the elaborateness or the simplicity of how you would decorate and how you would articulate that particular client's vision because that's what you have an eye for. That's why we call you fabulous. <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm, thank you so much because yes, I love the word elegant. And I always tell people simple elegant is so much better than over the top. Mm-hmm. You know, over the top, you're going to look back and go, why did I do that? Why did we wear this? Why did we? But simple elegance is always classless. I mean, class. It always has class. You know what I mean? Yes. So I, I like to keep everything, whether it's uh, a wedding or a corporate event, uh, simply elegant for the client. So if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Nothing. If anything. You didn't even let me finish since. Okay. <laughs> if anything. Yeah, no, I really wouldn't. Um, I have had trying times. I told you I've, I've shed my tears. I've fought my battles. I'll continue to shed tears. I'll continue to fight battles. But I wouldn't change a thing. Really? I really wouldn't change a thing. Okay. So do you see yourself with a place you already talked about an event space but mm-hmm. do you see yourself as eventually doing other things branching out we have majestic events by maria what else do you have on the horizons well i'm glad you asked <laughs> i as of february 24 2020 uh, i established the art of four and what is that the art of four is taking four local artists that I feel deserve more exposure and putting them out there, helping them do shows, finding clients. Um, We just were approved for an exhibit at the Institute of Texan Culture. And it's the first time in 40 years, 40 years, that the African-American event space has been Revised. Wow, congratulations. And oh, we're so thrilled. We're so, and I'm so happy for the artist because this is exactly what I wanted for them. I wanted to project them because they're excellent and they're, their talent is extraordinary. And I just didn't feel they were getting the exposure they needed to get. And here we are. Now we've landed this wonderful exhibit that will be in place for a year. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I don't know if a lot of people realize that the Institute of Hex and Culture has also been designated um, an, a Smithsonian affiliate. Really? So, yes. So each one of these artists will also be uh, uh, donating a piece 
Um, and there's their legacy. Wow. So who are they? We have the wonderful Wardell Pinkett, Akemi De- uh, Davis, Keldrick Dow, and Claudette Hopkins. Wow. Well, congratulations on this next journey, this next endeavor. Yeah. That's exciting. I didn't realize that that institution now had made uh, Texan Cultures a Smithsonian affiliate. Yes. Wow. That is something brand new, isn't it? It is. It, it happened in 2010. Did it? Yes. Oh, wow. That's so, amazing. And yeah. look at you just stepping right into that. Yes. Yes. I was I was just so happy. You know, I I and I'm getting chills right now. You know, it opens, um, if I may say, it opens April 11th um, of this year. All right. And uh, I, I, I just bubble every time I think about it. I think about the installation that's going to take place and. And I and I'm praying that people will come and enjoy it and understand that it's a historic moment. Correct. You know. Okay. All so. right. Excellent. <laughs> so now we talked about some of the hustle. We talked about some of the struggle. Let's talk about a little bit of the juggle. What are you juggling with all of this? I mean, I hear you're busy. I hear you're doing this, but what other juggles are you dealing with? Um, I'm on a few boards. <laughs> I, and I'm on and off some boards. Okay. And I say it that way because there are boards that I've resigned from, but the organizations or the um, who they help, I, I'm working with them. Okay. I'm working with staff. All right. Um, and, it's, and I still love that. Okay. Um, I'm always encouraging people. So I take on people. I juggle people. I have my granddaughters, I have my family, I have my father, who many know. <laughs> he's 89, and uh, he's a live wire. <laughs> um, so I have a relationship, I have a home, and uh, just uh, I have a lot of interests. Mm-hmm. And I, you're still a solopreneur, aren't you? I am. Mm. I, <laughs> After 10 years. I am, because... I'm the boss. <laughs> I like being the boss. And uh, if, if I wasn't a solopreneur, I would not be able to be the boss. True. Very so, true. You I still like, have your rules and regs, though. Yes. No, no. I have my rules and regs. But you know what I really enjoy is being able to call the shots. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> that doesn't surprise But also the nature of the business that you're in, mm-hmm. by you owning your own company and you're dealing with multiple, multiple vendors— with multiple challenges, mm-hmm. you having to be the boss so that you don't have to say, well, let me check with so-and-so to make sure we can do this. So let me check right. with so-and-so to make me do that because your responsibility is to that particular client yes. and your, your boss outside of you overseeing those vendors mm-hmm. is that particular client. That's right. And you're supposed to be able to satisfy them with the service that you bring. Yes. So is there any advice you'd like to give to our audience? Never give up. The minute you think to give up, know that your reward is just on the other side. Nice. Real yeah. nice. Persistence. You must be persistent. If I am nothing else, <laughs> I am persistent. Um, don't give up. Never give up on your dream. Okay. And you actually do what you have to to even sustain your dream. 
you know, I've I've had those little jobs on the side so I could still keep majestic events going and doing things like that, but never giving up is is the key. And surround yourself with people who love you and won't allow you to give up on your dream. Well, yeah. we want to thank you. Kind of tell us how can we get a hold of you? Maria M. Williams. Well, you're more than welcome to go to our website, MajesticEventsByMaria.com, but you're also welcome to give me a call at 210-454-4908, and you'll get to speak to me. Directly. Directly, yes. And you're not shy. (laughs) You will travel anywhere. And I have, yes. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much for being on The Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business, offered by David B. Plemons, CPA, Inc., And thank you for having me. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at plemonscpa.com. And don't forget to check out our website, plemonscpa.com, for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.